Hello everyone and welcome to One Controller Pour. This is a multi-tap episode where we bring other people onto the show to talk about various topics. And this is actually part two of an episode I did with Speedy Noel and uh, Filler uh, uh, that came out not too long ago. So that episode included a discussion uh, just generally about like Speedy Noel's Emily Dory channel, you know, what her goals are, the content she's created, as well as some updates on Filler's side regarding uh, some of his projects, including an All My Goddess fan translation. And we also did some general talks about games like the Galaxy for All in Yuna FX title and a discussion of Angelique Special along with some of the later titles in that series. So if you haven't already, I really hope you take the time to go listen to that. But this time we'll be talking about uh, two specific topics. One is about various talent from the anime industry that worked within the PCFX space. And the second is talking about, you know, what the PCFX needs to become popular, what some of its struggles are, what could potentially change that in the future, things like that. So this is going to jump right into the second part of this episode. Again, Thank you so much for coming and listening, and I hope you enjoy. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier with like, oh my goddess, I, 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 in, in our conversation about that, like, I, I'm not a huge anime fan. Um, that's not really a big thing I'm into. So, one thing that I think is a little hard for me and maybe communicating to my audience about at times is the importance of this console from an anime perspective. Because I can point to things like, hey, there are voice actors who are involved in this system. You know, you have these anime freak discs and things like that where you get these little bits of information and stuff. But um, that's also stuff that like appears on other consoles in a lot of ways, too. And I think that's something that I've always kind of felt like mm-hmm. I haven't conveyed enough, like what this series means to like an anime fandom. So, Filler, you had mentioned to me before this podcast that like recognizable like anime talent in the industry um, kind of had some involvement on the system in different ways in a way that like you might expect from like a Hideo Kojima in the gaming industry or or things like that. So I was curious if you could go into a little more detail about you know, what kind of connections there are there and, and what kind of value do you think an anime specific like uh, personality gives to to a game on, on the PCFX? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think initially what I was thinking is that, you know, the the Nintendo games have like Shigeru Miyamoto, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not only is he uh, like a recognizable basically a household name at this point right but you know he's talent that nintendo really fostered um you know really key to the company and you know a lot of these companies really have key talent that they were using and uh, you know i really was not a pc engine fan in particular um not that i don't like the system or the games on it because i actually do in fact i'm working on like fan translating Um, Mm -hmm. more pc engine games now but um you know i was kind of like well what what does the pcfx have like who is the shigeru miyamoto of the pcfx like what was that even a thing or like why wasn't it right Mm -hmm. and you know i think what we see though is we do see um some talented people who have worked in the anime industry which has its own names right you know i started looking into a little bit more hey um, you know, who has worked on some of these PCFX games? Cause I recognize some stuff, right? Like even back in the day, 
what is it, uh, Der Langrisher. The character designs are all done by um, Satoshi Urishihara, right? Who, at the time, I had just barely watched Plastic Little. So uh, that's an OVA um, that also you know has his character designs. And so for me, there was this real sense of continuity between these uh, these anime shows that I was watching, and then these games that I was seeing on the PCFX. So have you have you guys noticed like any any recognizable like a cover art or something like that uh, on the games that you've like you know checked out so far? I could say on my side, like because I don't have that connection in the same way, I, I don't really see that stuff usually. Um, the one thing I have noticed is uh, it's a Chip Chan Kick, but I think that's like more because I recognize the PC ninety eight team who worked on that stuff and i don't know if yes. that artist has a connection anywhere else um it is a I very believe, distinct I, look though and, and very very I, over horny kind of thing so yeah no i'm a little embarrassed to admit i, I believe i like know the dojin circle that they that they, that they work in <laughs> so, but but yeah you know i mean and yeah definitely like that's that's one of those things uh i think for me like just in researching this just over the past couple of days in uh, anticipation mm. of this podcast. Um, one of the most surprising things that I found out is um, so uh, Marina Ono, or I guess Ono Mar- Marina. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, she, she's a pretty famous voice actress and singer. Right, um, she is the voice actress for Rolfie, who's the mm. PCFX mascot character. Okay. And so I started doing a little bit of research on her, and I and I found that this was pretty fascinating. So I didn't realize that um, she was really pursuing a career in music. Um, she sort of kind of began uh, in 1988 uh, using a different stage name. It was actually uh, Matsumoto Hiromi. Um, she changed it to Akatayama Hiromi uh, later on, and it seems like she pretty much spent about eight years trying to break into the entertainment industry. And um, you know, coming into the like the '90s, um, she basically got with a different production company, and she started pursuing voice acting as a path to to basically singing and, and performing music. So. Um, it seems like her voice acting debut was actually on the PCFX as huh. the um, as the the you know sort of mascot character for the PCFX in the anime freak discs, right? Uh, she also uh, was Ralphie in the Tonari No Princess Ralphie game, and it, it was just such an interesting story. And you know, like I have some other people that I've that I've looked up, for instance, some. Um, like Kota Takeuchi. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was just, I think I mentioned this before, but I was uh, searching for PCFX stuff on Twitter and I ran into literally a conversation between uh, Kota Takeuchi and um, she actually, she, she keeps changing her stage name. She actually goes by, <laughs> by Rina Marina now, which I think is really funny. Uh, <laughs> and it's great. Um, so, you know, between, him and and Rina Marina and they were actually just like commiserating about like uh you know when when they were working together you know earlier in their career on like PCFX games and stuff oh, he wow. actually he actually wrote the scenario for Tonarina Princess Ralphie 
uh, and he wrote the scenario for Makaruna Makendo Z. Huh. Um, now, I was looking into his stuff a little bit more, uh, Kota Takeuchi. He had, um, it seems like he'd done some script work uh, for games that m I, I think must have been out before the PCFX. So I don't think like this was his like first professional work or anything like that. But um, I'm, I'm starting to come around to maybe a slightly different perspective on the PCFX. And I don't know if... Um, you know, there, there could just be a little bit of, of both of these things happening. But I, I feel like as I'm researching more of the people that did the work on these games who uh, came from working in animation, uh, working in, um, you know, the entertainment industry and music and, and uh, writing for games and things like that, it almost seems more like the effects was a place where like lesser known talent was maybe being given opportunities mm. than it was a place where veteran talent was coming and, and lend, lending their clout, right. Or, or, or their names or anything like that to the games that were being made. So, I mean, from here, it's really just speculation on my part, but uh, it's, it's an interesting perspective that I haven't had on the system before. And I guess I, I wonder you know, how much truth there is to that, or if, if maybe I'm just, you know, um, reading a little bit too much into kind of Rena Marina's, uh, you know, personal story. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting. I I'd probably imagine there's a mix and, and I can't say this with any like real certainty, but, um, so actually I was digging into the voice cast for, um, another game on the system called sparkling feather, hmm. uh, a little bit. And, uh, one of the characters, um, I was translating or trying to translate her little like blob of text because it was suspicious in a lot of ways where it was like, oh, I'm a 12 year old girl. Also, my my positive tra trait is my sex appeal. And I'm like, is this actually what it's saying or is this like some weird machine <laughs> translation thing that's happening? Um, as far as I can tell with the people I worked with, it is it is her saying that she is proud of her sex appeal. Uh, but um, the the voice actor, though, for it is uh Kiko Inoue, Inoue? Kiko Inoue, yes. something like that? Yes, she um, actually is the voice actress for um, Belle Dandy in Oh My Goddess. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So she yeah. has a history, it seems like, at least on our wiki, it goes back to like 1988 and looks like Ramna Half in, had a character in there uh, between 1989 and 1992. She's a giant of yeah. the industry. Um, so, you know, that would have been, you know, six, seven years before they even took up role in in uh, Sparkling Feather. Sure. Um, which actually, I don't think Sparkling Feather is listed on here, which maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. Nobody cares about Sparkling Feather. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it is it is something that I think y you do see. It is, it is probably a mix of the two, I would think, to some degree. But, like, you know, I think what would be important maybe is, like, how much of that you see on each side. And that might be something that you couldn't really do without just, like, going through basically every person who worked on a PCFX game and, yeah. like, looking into their history, right? Or getting getting somebody who worked and had had that as like a we did this as an incentive or something like that when we were we were building mm -hmm. um, you know this platform and the, the library on there. Um, yeah, part part of the trouble is like you know we, I mean, it, without doing the research and you know whether or not the information is even out there, we're not going to really know you know what was going on in the heads of like mm -hmm. you know the executives kind of making the major decisions and then the you know sort of the managers and stuff actually like kind of like working on um 
you know the 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 trajectory of the PCFX and then the, the specific projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, like for me though, um, I, one of the things I still really enjoy about the PCFX is that like. I, I keep seeing these things, right? I keep I keep finding these names of people that I'm familiar with. I keep mm-hmm. seeing like the 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 illustrations or the character designs or the uh, the animation or something done by by people that I know. It's um, it's it's a, a fun thing about the system. I will say uh, on the note of some you know ties to other stuff. Well, one is that I was looking up Kikikoli Noe's, um what would you call a discography for a voice actor? I actually don't know. Um, anyways, I was looking at it and I noticed she actually played Yoshiko in Dokusei, at least for probably the PC Engine and Saturn versions, which is neat because I love her as a character. Um, second is that the character designer for Angelique made a fairly successful light novel series called Sayon Koko Monogatari, which I need to read, but like her work on Angelique, it's gorgeous and interesting to see, you know, her branch out of just video games. And the last thing I have to note is that the voice actor, I believe it was for Satomi and Pia Carrot, uh, Nadahashi Miki, actually plays, I believe, Reinhardt in Legend of Galactic Heroes, which is a really, <laughs> really funny... At one point, she played Reinhardt, which is a really funny tie, and if someone makes wants to make fan art of that, please, please let me know. I, I want to see Satomi cosplaying as Reinhardt, but I, I just thought that was amusing, that... You know, you can find voice actor ties everywhere on any system, but if we're on the topic of, you know, ties from the PCFX to the larger anime industry, that was just a funny one I had to note. Yeah, and I think maybe the thing I always come back to with this kind of stuff, or at least, you know, as as somebody who's ignorant of of the anime industry and stuff like that, is... I feel like this stuff was happening on the PlayStation and Saturn. It's just the... how condensed it is on the PCFX, like how focused the PCFX is on that. Because when I think like when I had to like explain, I did like a panel at an anime expo. I was like, okay, here's a console about anime essentially. Right. Um, And I had to think about like what makes this unique. And a lot of the things I could find examples on, on other systems, but you know, you don't, those other systems don't have an anime girl as their like, you know, their their, uh, mascot. It's like the density of it. Like, you know, the PCFX only has 60, 50 something games. I forget what's the count excluding demos, but there is this consistency and quality and styling between that entire library. So, you know, Mm -hmm. for the, PS1, yeah, you do have a lot of these famous voice actor ties. And like I said, you can find that literally anywhere, but the library is so vast that you pick out a random PS1 game and there's very little chance you're going to find ties to other yeah. stuff. That's, you know, super important. You pick out a random PCFX game, it's like, oh, I know this voice actor, I know this voice actor, oh, I might know this character artist, I know this lead designer, I know this scenario designer. So, it, you know, it's not like... Um, in terms of actual amount of games, like, you know, you could probably find hundreds of PS1 More, and Saturn yeah. games combined like this. But on the PCFX, it is just so dense with ties to other um, other media and other projects. Filler, you might have knowledge of this. So one thing I hear often in, like, other PCFX videos and stuff like that is, like, NEC basically told people, if it's not anime girl game, don't make the video game kind of thing, right? I have no idea where that came from, if that is like a legit claim or if people just make that assumption based off the library. Do you know, A, if I'm what I'm talking about and B, <laughs> B if it's like um, uh, something that's actually a real thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have not um, confirmed that 
in in any capacity. Um, I mean, it's certainly like I feel like rumors like that get out there, and it's hard to know exactly. Um, you know, if there's no source, um, like did did this just come out of you know people making assumptions, yeah. or like was there was there some kind of precedent uh, for for that? Um, did it come from an interview, or you know, who, who knows what? Um, that's nothing that I've ever really run into. Um, that I could confirm or deny it. One thing I'm kind of hopeful about, and I don't know if this is going to really shed much more light, but uh, recently David Shadoff's um, collection of PC Engine fan magazines mm-hmm. was, um, he shipped them to, uh, what is it, Gaming Alexandria? Yep, correct, yep, yep, yep. And they scanned all of the, the issues that he had. So... Um, I don't know if that was a complete collection or if it completed, you know, what, what they had, but, you know, I have demo discs from like a lot of those, um, PC engine fan, uh, magazines, but I don't have the actual magazines and, you know, it can be tedious to try to translate from magazine scans and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's possible that there could be some more information, uh, in material like that. I've uh, I've used Gaming's Alexandria's um, scan sometimes as uh, I think even my you know one video I used to trying to pin down you know there's this rumor of the game starting as a shoot 'em up and changing genre partway through development and as far as I can tell that rumor is actually entirely true there's in fact concept art of Yuna having like a spaceship form and some options she could get during gameplay but um i actually looked for pc engine fan issues to try and pinpoint the first public preview of the game and the first public preview um i think after the game was announced to exist was in fact in that visual novel form so it those scans are really helpful to see and it is in fact a complete library they announced on twitter that uh I believe David's collection, I don't believe it was, I don't think he has a complete collection, but what he had filled in all the blanks that they had. And they actually had some additional stuff like appendixes uploaded as well, like one with Dokusei concept art. So it's it's a huge, huge boon to research for both PC Engine and PCFX to have all that laid out publicly in high quality scans. That's great. That's great to hear. And and I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, maybe if we, whatever, do this again in a year or something like that, like maybe... You know, or even if it's not us, if it's if it's other people, you know, being able to to get a little bit of you know additional information from from a resource like that could could just right. you know, yeah, be really helpful. Is is there a group that I know? There's like on the Nintendo side, I think there's like a group called Glitterberry that goes back and translates those kind of things often. Um, is there a group that kind of is dedicated to that for the PC Engine specifically? That might never that over? I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Gotcha. Well, I will hope I can't read Japanese, so I can't do it. Sorry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I will. The pressure. The get, pressure. I will. Uh, I will dream of information out of there and somebody translating first kiss story interviews, so I can look at that someday. Um, so <laughs> it's really interesting. Like, oh man, like okay, Hunex sudden Hunex moment. Um, like they're the developer on that system that they have like ties in the PC Engine, and then they're essentially the first party developers for PC. Yeah uh fx essentially so so they put out stuff all the time and like i made a post a while ago because i bought a first kiss story um uh 
uh, art book or like I think it's like album collection or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But if you take the cover of the art book off, there's a additional bit of text on the back of it. And when I machine translated, it, it looked almost like an apology that was like, hey, we put out the PlayStation version. Sorry, Hunex Fighters 98 is not in it, basically. And they're oh. like, we want to focus on these other things, which which is a true story kind of thing. So I posted about that because I was like, oh, it's interesting. It's like a weird apology. And then that person you put me in contact with, uh, Filler, the Hunex Fighter guy who worked on that, um, he followed up with me later. And he was like, hey, like the reason it wasn't in there is because the guy who was like the producer on First Kiss Story didn't want to give it up for the PlayStation version of the game. He's <laughs> like, I want Royal this to be to a, very a special thing for the PCFX. So he was That's like, we so had cool. it running, but they never put it out on on every and like he doomed every future version of P- F- First Kiss Story to not have that in there anymore. Oh basically. my god! <laughs> so it's kind of sad that that happened, but it is a little yeah. yeah but it is kind of funny and like you know, there's things like you know, there's Dreamcast games like Industrial Spy Operation Espionage where like the password for the final level of the game is Future X, which is like you know what fx stands for and pcfx kind of thing so it's like really interesting to see that passion from those developers like bleed out and Mm -hmm. be like we this was our console this is our baby in a very like you know 90s sega nintendo way of like this is the console war and we're this is our like this this system you know yuji naka has his own way that he feels about sega and it's maybe Mm -hmm. to an abusive extent based off the stories about it (laughs) yeah um, and then you know I i think there's like a pride that's with it and it's like interesting to see that like PCFX pride that comes with Unix specifically mm-hmm. uh, in the past. You know, today Unix is you know more or less a different company. Um, but although I found that the uh, the CEO right now was at the company back then, um, and I actually emailed him a little bit because um, I was trying to see if I could do an interview with him when I was in Japan, <laughs> and uh, he did not let me come. But that's okay. I understand. <laughs> so. That's that's really cool. You know, I you. You are you are definitely proving that you're braver than I am because like I I have been tempted to reach out to uh, you know Rina Marina and and Kota Takeuchi and just be like hey like you know would you tell me about your work on the PCFX and stuff but I'm I'm I've been too shy thus far to to do anything like that. One thing I hate about the modern internet discussion, and and this is not you know saying anything bad about the content we make and everything, everything is from a Western perspective. I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's always the discovery of this thing. This is the thing we're discovering it from a Western perspective, right? And I really would like more Japanese perspectives on most things we talk about. I yeah. think that's like really underserved, even down to just like literally the people. And I think Phil, you try to do this a little bit with like going and translating people's impressions and stuff like that, right? And I think uh, what is her name? There's like a lady who does it as well. Oh yeah. Um... Uh, Zuvi's Game Room. She does the same thing, and I would love to see more of that. And I think a lot of these kind of gaps would be filled in as those kind of perspectives come in, as you start talking to people who are, you know, at the company working on these things. Even if they're not big voice actors today, right? People who were involved back then, and maybe they're just off doing whatever now, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I don't know if anybody is communicating with them in any way. Like, you have, like, the Mr. Gimmick developer for the NES, the composer for that, and he's, like, just off doing, like, I forget what he was doing, but just, like, random work or something, and then suddenly finds out, like, 20 years later, oh, there's a whole scene behind, like, remixing the Mr. Gimmick, like, <laughs> like soundtracks and things like that, and, like, having that connection finally happen, right? I would love to see more of that in general with this kind of stuff. 
And I really hope that that is a good starting point with the Gaming Alexandria collection. And hopefully people yeah. start doing that. I feel guilty saying that, though, because I'm not the one who's going to do it. So I feel yeah. like a jerk being like, hey, you guys <laughs> should go do that, even though I'm not the one who like I could do it. I'm a human being. I have the capability of learning Japanese, right? <laughs> but, it's time consuming. Yeah, yeah. So I will say I'm like on that topic, I... And this isn't, like, you know, to call out anybody or say anything, but I feel like particularly in Western gaming circles, there is this tendency, and I know, like, yeah, I've kind of, I've talked about it earlier, like, you know, people haven't really dug through these libraries in Western circles, and that's why people find them fascinating. But there is this tendency to completely attribute it as, look at this lost system I'm discovering, look at this lost thing that's discovering, without realizing, you know, there's been entire communities of people in other languages based around these things, people who have dedicated tons of time to it. And that's something... Well, when I do my videos, I want to try and avoid that. I don't want to be, like, the authoritative voice of, look at this cool thing I discovered, look at this super weird random japanese thing i i want people to know that like you know these games have these storied histories and they have these importance in other cultures and subcultures and stuff like that and it's important to make people aware of that instead of focus entirely on wow look at this mysterious thing that no one's ever heard of yeah yeah that's one thing i think i fail at with like the nintendo g video i did recently it, for dsiware so it's yeah hard not to it's hard not to and like it's also hard to find the resources like i i did exactly i did go online and read people's impressions of nintendo g but like even that was pretty mm -hmm. like slim sorry i'm just throwing out video game names randomly here again but um, <laughs> but um you know i think it's like a very it's interesting to, to try to do the research on that stuff and get people's opinions i was looking at a sparkling feather review recently it's interesting to see like what somebody in the time was thinking about that game um, confirming that it was indeed a bad video game, uh, but they did, <laughs> but they did praise it for the PCFX aspect of like, hey, full motion video, like there's yeah. a lot of it in here and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I will say that's something that I struggle with sometimes is appreciating full motion video specifically on the PCFX because it does look so rough when you like upscale it. You really yeah. need to have it on like a CRT, and that's not something I do. So. Right. I only I only play uh, I am pretty much only play retro games on a CRT unless I'm emulating, like you know PC yeah. ninety eight. Older VNs, I kind of have to play them on a newer computer because I need to be able to get my text hooker in. But like, I'm considering getting a USB-C to VGA adapter so I can actually play them on the CRT because, you know, I feel like when you start trying to really upscale and play some of these games that are really dependent on the defects of a CRT to look decent, like PCFX FMV is, you start to you start to kind of lose track of what it was like back then like you know i look at my una fx video i look at how it's how it looks in editing and post it i'm like oh my god this fmv looks so mediocre processed for yeah. youtube and an upscaler but i see it on my crt and i'm like holy crap it's almost like i'm watching a vhs tape at points like you know it, it it's an interesting facet of these games that a lot of them really were dependent on the defects of displays at times to look uh look palatable so, so one thing that's kind of interesting about that thing is like, and I think I talked about this last time we talked filler on a podcast is like, I feel like there's a disconnect in some ways with how, you know, when we look at retro games online, we're seeing it in that like high quality upscale look, you know, you can't really replicate a CRT look without taking a picture yeah. off a CRT, right? And, and one thing that I think is a limitation of like the PCFX being as appealing as something like say the PC98 is that when you get those screenshots with PC98, they are these crisp you know, highly detailed image with like limited right. color palettes, but they do really interesting things. And then when that gets transitioned over to like a PC FX, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, everything 
I don't, I don't know the technicals behind it, but you know, everything gets kind of like blurred together. The color yeah. palette seems to darken and there are sprites in the game that like, you know, that still have that pop because, you know, they're, they're, they're actual, you know, sprites that are being, mm -hmm. I assume, rendered out by the system, but something like a, I assume a JPEG of a animated frame they took a picture of, like yes. just does not transition over well. Um, no, no, unless you're seeing it on a CRT, because the PCFX literally does use JPEG compression. It uses a special form of motion JPEG. Mm -hmm. So when you have, you know, these animated video sequences, I even noticed this with UniFX is that, you know, my CRT is nice and colorful and saturated. You look at it in the video and the post-processing and it's uh, it, it, a lot of the color, a lot of the what feels like should be detail is just gone because that comes from the nature of a CRT. And the PC-98, I think the reason the PC-98 gets hit less by it is one, it is, you know, it, it's not JPEG, it's just straight up rendered through a um, graphics system. But second, the PC engine, or the PC-98 is also higher resolution, mm -hmm. significantly higher resolution, which it helps a lot with colors popping and being able to do dithering and making these vibrant, you know, you only got a couple of colors in an image, you're going to use them as best you can. The result is these really vibrant things. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when you have games that, like, I think Oh My Goddess is actually a good example because I think it still looks good on PCFX, but you compare it to how the color is used on the uh, PC-98 version, and it sometimes feels like artists really struggle to figure out they want to use all these new colors, they don't know how to use all these new colors, and even on uh, PC games you see that as well. Like, compare say uh do yeah compare uh isaku on the pcna 8 to isaku's windows remake and there's mm -hmm. just like there's more colors there but everything pops less yeah and and i sometimes wonder if that's like one of the defining lines between like because I, I do think there is and maybe i'm just like you know depending on your echo chamber and stuff like that of like who you mm -hmm. talk to i do feel like there's a lot more of a positive attitude towards the pc 98 in that like yeah. regard like like the the conversation there seems a lot more open admittedly mm -hmm. there are a lot more games on there yeah. um but you don't really see that kind of like negative portrayal i feel like even though it has if not like the same worse than what the pcfx right. has in terms of right. erotic content and stuff like that um and that is like kind of one of the big sticking points for people in a lot of ways yes for that so um, so I think that's like one thing I think is, is really kind of holds the system back a little bit in that regard. Although like I do, so I do feel like there is like an, a growing, this is like a very minimal thing still, but I think mm -hmm. there's a, gr a growing appreciation of people like taking pictures of CRTs now too, and like showing yeah. what that looks like. Absolutely. But we're not at a point that we can like realistically replicate that in a way for most no. people. Right. No, I've never no. used CRT filters in a game. Is that. Has anyone ever had good experience with that? Or? I, I haven't really used them. Supposedly, the uh, kinds of filters included with the RetroTink are super impressive, the RetroTink 5X. And I know in recent times, there's been a lot of efforts made to make really good CRT filters for emulators. And surely, when I look at them, they do actually look, you know, genuinely mm -hmm. great. But uh, at the same time, I feel like I look at these, and no matter how nice they look, they still don't quite get the experience yeah. of a real CRT. And some of that I feel comes from the fact that in uh, CRT and retro gaming communities, there's a lot of fetishism of professional video displays, particularly Sony models with these super crisp yeah. pictures when, you know, in reality, a lot of people, if they were playing these games on a CRT, even, you know, uh, 
a lot of people were using not particularly great quality CRTs. A lot of people were using stuff that really hid those defects more than even what the developers were seeing. You know, yeah. uh, recently I I was at a local fighting game meetup and we had a mystery game night and I brought my Sega Saturn with um, Twinkle Star sprites and this cheap RCA television that just so happened to have component input. And, you know, it compared to an emulator, it looks absolutely different. It looks a lot more saturated. Everything blends together more. And I feel like that was the in, that was the ideal environment that these console games were made to be seen in. And yeah. The reason the PC-98 prevails so much despite, you know, like you said, it has, frankly, significantly worse erotic content than the uh, PCFX does. It's significantly more extreme for a lot of games. But the PC-98 was always meant to be viewed on sharp computer displays, which gives it a huge boost when you're looking at it through sharp emulation, whereas the PCFX was, you know, made to be through those crappy televisions. So I think the PC-98 gets a lot more appreciation and rep despite being just as often erotically driven as a lot of PCFX games are, just because on an aesthetic art perspective alone, you get people drawn in by how good a lot of these games look. And that, for a lot of people, can kind of quickly override the, oh, this game's super kinky. So people will look past that for just a moment to let their guard down and you can actually talk to them about the games. Whereas with the PCFX... It looks like every other console game emulated. It takes a lot more effort to get people to even try and appreciate what's being done in the games themselves. On a technical level, too, the, the PCFX is held back a little bit by the fact that it only has uh, S-Video and AV yes. out, right? Mm, yep. So, uh, and also, you know, it seems like a lot of other communities, like just from a hardware perspective, like people have worked really hard to do like RGB mods yes. and things like that. Um, I don't know how feasible something like that would be for the PCFX, because as far as I know, a lot of these, um, you know, kind of like at the sort of processor and hardware level, like they were uh, interpreting video mm -hmm. as RGB signals and then converting it to um whatever the type of analog signal that, that you would have for yeah. av and things like that so uh doing those kind of mods is a little bit easier but um but i just don't even think that there's kind of the hardware community around the pcfx to um you know do some of these uh mods to, yeah. to be able to get you know higher quality higher resolution video out of the system um you know i i know i was doing uh a video where I just had my camera pointed at the CRT and I had last Imperial Prince on there. I think it was when I was, I don't know, I, like I was just using it for illustration purposes, but one of my buddies commented, it was like, wow, that looks really nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, you can video, uh, CRTs. Uh, I think what in, tends to happen when you just point a camera at a CRT is that it tends to get a little blown out. Um, just because yeah. the you know, like it, the camera is more sensitive than your eyes to light, mm -hmm. right? So if you literally just turn the brightness down on the CRT, uh, you can you can get an extremely good image uh, on a camera. But literally, like it almost seems like the best thing to do for the PCFX would be to um, to film off of your your CRT, yeah, <laughs> just to be able to basically like get a little bit of an impression of like what you're what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of value in presenting it in both ways, because I do think it kind of depends on the person um, to some degree. 
because I kind of get some weird, like, sick pleasure out of seeing, like, what's happening in Overscan and stuff like that. So, yeah. I'm like, I kind of love seeing how splotchy and bad it looks in some ways. I'm just like, what are they doing? Like, you can see every little bit they're doing. And I think the missing connection there is, like, and I know some people have, like, a setup where they record both right they have a crt yeah. sitting beside them and they have it set up to a skiller so they can actually see those tool those techniques be applied down so i think there's value to both but when you think about it from like a visual appreciation of like this just looks good for sure i think a crt is is the best option for that yeah so there, there's kind of that aspect and i think another part of, of you know to kind of lean more into the conversation of you know why the pcfx never really catches on and why i don't know if it ever will catch on into the, the the system library is just that um or at least you know from a larger than niche audience is that i think when you look at import games most people are looking for those kind of quick fix yes. goes and and until there's like a significant effort to fan translate these games in a larger manner i do feel like that's just gonna always hold the system back in that right. regard um Filler, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like what it would take to get to that position. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's making me think of the um, the shoot 'em up scene, right? Which I, I think is actually you know pretty pertinent in sort of the NEC like some kind of like PC is, engine yeah. fan base, right? You know, because like those are sort of the games that you do not need any sort of Japanese knowledge to play. They're very accessible. They're also just really actiony and arcadey. They're they're pretty much perfect for importing. And so you see like, you know, prices are really high on them. And and there's a, a kind of a dedicated fan base, you know, around that. And, you know, I, I feel like I've always wanted to see more of a fan base just in general growing up around uh, you know, adventure games, romantic adventure games, like, you know, visual novels, like that kind of thing. And, and I think you're seeing that now and you're seeing like, you know, people like some people are actually um, just like being like, hey, let's check out the PCFX, you know, finally. So that that's great. Um, but, you know, in, I guess in terms of, you know, translation and things like that, like I had a real moment um I, I posted a thread on one of the PC Engine forums. I think it was like the like PC Engine FX forum. And I was like, or no, it was the PC Engine uh, Software Bibles forum. I was like, what games deserve to be translated on the PCFX, right? Because, you know not not to just be a you know a downer like right but like we're we're mortal and mm -hmm. I, you know who knows how long we've we've got yeah. right <laughs> and i'm just like with my track record on these games like even if i worked really hard it's hard to tr just get translation projects to completion and some of these games are so text heavy that just the translation part if it's just one person working on the script it really takes a long time mm -hmm. and i'm like you know if i'm translating a long script and it takes me like a year to translate it in my spare time like how many of those games am i gonna like manage to finish how many of them are gonna actually end up like publicly available translation yeah. You know, it can't patches. just be you. Like I think even yeah, professional translators would be, you know, have a pretty significant like number of games on their belt if they translated sixty video games. Right. 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 <laughs> so you know, I mean, I feel like my goal at this point is like, well, you know, if I could get another, you know, two, three, four 
uh, games translated for the PCFX, like I think I would be more than than satisfied. You know, I mean, if that if one of those ends up being oh my goddess, like yeah. that just is what it is. Like that's fine. It's it's a it's a fun game. Um, you know, but you know, I don't I don't know where the translation scene is really going for PCFX. I mean, it, it's it's encouraging that somebody like just went and did a partial translation patch for uh, Farland Story FX. Yeah. Like I, I knew nothing about that. So that was cool. That happened like completely outside of like any community or, or, or people or anyone that I'm associated with. So I'd like to see more of that. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna, but right. I hope so. Right. I think a big thing that would need to ask for something like that is like, where does the community for the PCFX come from? If you want to see more people come in, because I think the real answer is like in his, historically, the PCFX has been largely, I think, brought up because of the PC Engine, right? Mm-hmm. That is where that community comes from. And as somebody who's not a PC Engine fan, I can't really sympathize like too closely with like how they feel and things like that. But the general gist I get is that you know PC Engine has this particular library of games, very accessible imports. PCFX does not, and I don't right. think. Well, I guess the other kind of side of that is going back to like what Noel said earlier with Yuna is that that is a text-heavy game, right? And you see people starting to translate those games there. So maybe like I, I kind of was of the mind that the PCFX or PC Engine community would probably never really appreciate the PCFX, but maybe it's more of the PC Engine community just needs to dig deeper into that library. Yeah. And that might make that bridge happen. Um, and I think I think part of the other issue is, um, you know, some of the, the some of the PCFX is real heavy hitter games. Some of the ones that I think are really interesting and important, like Duck You Say 2 is a good example of a game that, you know, I've, I've heard multiple times. It's absolutely fantastic. It's at that point in um, Hirota Masato, the writer's career, where he was really doing interesting stuff with dating sims and visual novels and adventure games as a genre, wanting to explore a lot of really interesting and progressive themes. But, you know, even if it got fans translated, I feel like it would run into the same issue as Pia Carrot, where people see, oh, this is a dating sim, so I'm not interested in it because people will, you know, shrug it off as weird anime stuff and i feel like for a lot of the pcfx's library to get popular if it wanted to get super popular and shake off the stigma of the you know otaku dating games machine and get a fan base outside of people who are diehard pc engine fans who want to see what else nec did you'd have to see people start getting more and more interested in those types of video games and i think to some extent that could happen i think it's difficult to shake off the um I think it's difficult to shake off the Western idea that dating sims and advent- Japanese adventure games are all basically just hentai. Like, it's a really hard perspective to completely shake off for people. But there is there has been a lot more move towards people appreciating those types of games. So I, I feel like with the way that the Western visual novel and dating sim scene is growing and the way people are getting more and more curious about these games. And I, I know my channel's small, but as I'm talking about these games, I constantly get people saying like, wow, I never would have been interested in this kind of game before. I, I kind of like Japanese, you know, anime and stuff like that. And I've been curious about visual novels it's really cool that these kinds of games have actual like writing and themes and stuff in them so i feel like 
at some point, if the visual novel and dating sim scene keeps growing as it is in the Western gaming sphere, we could see more people growing interested in the PCFX because, you know, there's tons of other platforms that have these kinds of games on them. The PC98 is filled with them, but the PCFX is really the only console that is just absolutely loaded with them and a lot of really creative and interesting ones at that. This might be a question for outside the scope of this podcast, but when we think about visual novels today, like how mm-hmm. successful are they? I know they're much more accepted. Like, cause yeah. when I started playing visual novels, it was definitely like, and I, I came from the same crowd. Most people being like, Oh, this is just horny, dumb stuff. Yeah. I'm going to play this as a joke. And then I played one as a joke. And I was like, Oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. The trap. What's funny on that idea of, uh, what's funny for that is, um, it seems like they actually have a pretty decent level of success. Like, you know, we see a lot of, there are some decent sized companies that are really trying to localize and popularize this stuff. Like the Vita in the US was partly kept afloat because it had tons of Otome games getting published for it. It's, it's a system full of Otome games. Um, Steinsgate, the visual novel, you know, the anime was a huge hit for anime fans, but the visual novel as well has been a big success in Western spheres. You see a lot of these um, Western VNs have caught on more and more as time gone on. Even Dokusei, which I recently took a look at, um, my roommate looked at the statistics for how many people were playing it on Steam. And, you know, for the size of the game, for the kind of game it is, and how even more it leans heavy on the whole dating thing, which I I talk about in my video, but that game is very thematically, surprisingly super progressive and very um, interesting to play from a woman's perspective and the kinds of issues it talks about that very little other media wants to talk about. You know, that game actually had really, it seemed like really good player numbers on Steam. So it, 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 you know, as much as visual novels are still a niche medium in Western spheres, it really does feel like they keep growing and growing and they're at a point where people are just, you know, it's um, an unstoppable momentum where people are just continually growing more interested in them. Yeah, actually, one thing I did, so I'm assuming we're all familiar with Nekopara here, probably, although I guess I should maybe Unfortunately, explain Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, so this, I never played this. Um, this... I actually, I'm not, I'm not sure if I am. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it is like a Steam game that is, I think it has erotic content in the non-Steam yeah. version, or you get like a patch or something like that. Yep. Um, and that is a fairly popular one, basically a bunch of cat girls at like a maid cafe kind of thing, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something along those lines. And as of... Uh, last year apparently it has sold five million units on steam right nicopar so, is weird because it was one of the first uh from what i remember it was one of the first visual novels to really get localized onto steam and one of the first yeah. like straight up eroge and um nicopara the reason i say like i'm unfortunately aware of it is because i feel like nicopara is one of the worst representations of the genre because, oh, you know gotcha. you talk about i talk yep. about pia carrot and i can talk about the fact that it's women are incredibly well written it deals with a lot of topics that hit hard for me i can talk about dokusei and how it deals with some it, it deals with a lot of issues with women that men aren't aware of it deals with objectification it deals with the treatment of um sex workers it deals with a lot of difficult topics 
And then you have something like Nekopara, which is just the absolute peak of capitalism will try to make everything <laughs> as marketable as possible. Yeah. So it takes Aerogay as a concept and it's just like, are cat girls popular? Okay, we'll give you cat girls. Is, is it popular to have a, you know, whatever the hell goes on in Nekopara? I don't remember exactly, but I know it's like, you know, Nekopara is the absolute worst example of this genre. It's the most fed through the grinder, sell a million copies example of it. And it's what a lot of people think of with this genre. And that's really sad for something that, you know, there's a game I was really interested in uh, recently, Sui Senka, which I don't know if any of you are familiar with Drakengard, but Drakengard 1 is yeah. a game that is very purposely not fun because it's about how horrible war is and it's very subversive. And I've heard... So we sank it described as it's the Dragon Guard of Arrogay. So, you know, a genre that's like, <laughs> hey, here's an hour of incredible peak 2000s metafiction and a ton of garbage to contextualize that metafiction and the game games that are super progressive. And the only one that people know is the funny cat girl made game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that's, mm. I feel like that's a big part of why visual novels have had so much trouble, because what people are bringing over is the bottom of the barrel marketable to a otaku stuff, and that's, it's really disappointing. Or, or that's kind of, that's kind of what, like, what people latch on to. Exactly. It's, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like the, the thing that, that gets, you know, the, the, talked about the loudest. Right. Um, I, I want to ask you, Noel, because I was just thinking about, you know, like that Welcome to Pia Carrot mm -hmm. video that you did and the reception that it, that it had right yeah. because i think i mean obviously for me like you know it's 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 preach, preaching to the choir mm -hmm. right but like i was really surprised that like the reception seems overwhelmingly positive mm -hmm. to me right and i guess i guess i'm wondering if i'm you know mistaken in that perception like if if you got you know some ne any negative feedback on that video no. and and yeah. it just also if you think that like you know, maybe a video like that, you know, is, is starting to, you know, maybe just, just repair a little bit of, of the perception you know, I, um, that I think we're talking about. So you're right that actually the perception has, has been like entirely positive. Like I haven't, I haven't gotten any comments that were negative about it. One thing I was really worried about is, you know, particularly being a, a trans woman on the internet, you got a lot of people who do, you know, you see stuff like that, that is typically super male dominated and you get a lot of awful comments, but no, a lot of people mm -hmm. were not only interested in the game but they were happy to see like oh wow it you know a woman talking about this stuff adds some credibility to these issues as someone who personally is familiar with them as someone who understands a lot of what's happening in the game a lot of people saw that and like wow there is way more to this than i thought there was there were people who saw my dokusei video came in knowing nothing and were like holy crap, I gotta, I gotta play this. This sounds really interesting. This opened my eyes to, you know, how subversive and interesting these games can be. It, I, I think, you know, I'm not super popular, like I said before. I only have 550-something subscribers, even though I seem to be on a upward trajectory, which is interesting to see for a channel this niche. But, like, I... You know, even with the small audience I've had, I've definitely had a lot of people who have changed their tunes and become interested in this genre. And it makes me super happy to see that and super hopeful that, you know, other people can return the favor, so to speak, that'll get more people interested in this and they'll start doing videos examining it. And then more people and more and more people, you know, I've changed a couple people's minds. And I think a lot of, as this continues to grow, a lot more people will have their perspective changed. And bringing it back around to the PCFX, maybe the reception the PCFX has as the dating sim console people will stop looking that 
at that as, oh, it's the dating sim console. That's just for otaku. And they'll start looking as like, oh, the dating sim console. I heard interesting things about other dating sims. I wonder if anything on this is interesting. Hmm. The one issue that you do have with PCFX to some degree, though, is you do still have the Chip Chan kicks and things like yes. that. And Sparkling Feather with the 12-year-old. Yeah. That's like my yeah. positive aspect is my sexual appeal. Like there exactly. is that kind of 90s anime <laughs> like, sexualization that. <laughs> that doesn't get like... That will never, because that is a part of the of content, course. right? Um, yeah, to some degree. And that's something that's hard to deal with is, you know, I can talk all day about Gay that is absolutely incredible in terms of what it's trying to say and what it's trying to convey and how it's trying to commentate on society and perception and objectification. But you can't deny that there's like a dozen Chip Chan kicks out there. There's a ton of absolute garbage i even mentioned it in my doki save videos that like you know you look back before 1992 some people were trying to do stuff some people were trying to have themes in what they were writing but a lot of this stuff was just straight up stare at a woman on a computer and that carried on for a long time and that carries into some really weird kinks like gay is definitely a genre that has a ton of total garbage on it yeah I guess I would hesitate to say that they are completely useless and only staring at women because I think <laughs> that is often a part of them, but not the full part of them, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. You look but... at a couple of, uh, you know, Ayayo-san is one game that, like, I hesitate to call it that because I played it recently and it's yeah. just five minutes and two of those are eight scenes, but it's the most surreal game I think I've ever played and it feels like the developers are aware of how absolutely surreal it is. So, yeah. like... But there is, you know, there are a couple games I played that were just straight up pick a girl, talk to her for one minute, and you throw her on the bed, and then a scene happens, and the game's yeah. over. And that's, you know, that's not uncommon at all. That kind of stuff still comes out. It was coming out all throughout the 90s, the 2000s. That's just, you know, that's just what happens when a game genre is completely free to do whatever it wants in terming, in ter including erotic content. You're going to get stuff that literally is just erotic content, or you're going to get people who throw in some very not okay content. And I guess to some degree, there also is like a disconnect between like Western visual novels and Japanese ones, yeah. right? Because I feel mm -hmm. like Doki Doki Literature Club would want well, a very different thing, right? Um, that yeah. has its own appeal in its own way. Right. But I feel like the people who play Doki Doki Literature Club are probably the same kind of people who would make a visual novel today and be like, we we are correct. You know, the, the, yeah, the generic yeah, ones the, of we are correcting the, really the Japanese visual yeah, novel really, genre really and taking out the bad parts yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. I, like, I've seen a ton of, I've seen a lot, you know, I've seen more visual novels recently that are like, we love the, you know, we love Japanese visual novels. We're not trying to fix anything. We're just making something based on what we love. I see more of those now as more and more huge VNs start to get localized. But absolutely, there is this frustrating perception that Westerners need to quote-unquote fix the bad Japanese genre which like you can't even begin to describe how not only ignorant that is of the genre itself and its evolution and what games are in there but also how you know blatantly racist that is and how xenophobic it is yeah absolutely well, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done for the PC effects to be popular yeah. for a lot of aspects. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, make no mistake, it is a nerd system. For sure. But, it never but there, there's be. an audience. There's absolutely an audience out there for right. it. I just, I just I feel like a lot of people have not mm -hmm. found it, you know, in, in sort of the Western space. Yeah. Right. It doesn't help that a lot of the representation for it online right now are typically people who 
are approaching it for a more traditional retro game perspective right um in a you lot have... of ways which there's value to i will say for sure like i sure. i want that opinion to be out there of like hey if you are into you know I don't know, right? And I don't know shooters either. Mm -hmm. Right in four. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but right in four is the name it's I know. It's a real video game. <laughs> it's a good shooter. Shoot um, if you're into right in four, like there's not going to be really anything for you on the PCFX in a lot of ways. And I think yeah. that's reasonable. I think the weirder stuff is where you have like somebody who's like showing the opening to the do 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 da do da and talking about how it's a ridiculously long animated cutscene when it's something that like most video games have an intro and it's like not that long it's a title screen animation you can skip it like weird yeah. stuff like that or calling team innocent a a a full motion video game which is like how far did you get into team innocent yeah, like those exactly. things i think have significantly less value beyond presenting right. the fact that when you start a game like this as an english speaker you need to be in that position where you're willing to sit down and yeah. give it some time if you get to the part of a game where there's like two sentences happening you can't understand it and you're already frustrated and that's valid for for some people it will yeah. be like that's a valid point for that i i think that's that's kind of part of it and that's like one thing i try to do with my channel in general is try to present different views of those things even if i don't even necessarily agree with it at times yeah. <laughs> like, i will try to do that and be like okay let's show what this looks like from another perspective kind of thing right so the, the only other thing I want to say about this as well is that I really am not a huge fan of the whole like PCFX. If only the PCFX conversation that goes yes. around. Basically just this idea that the PCFX is a wasted opportunity because it didn't follow like the same route as platforms like the PC Engine, Saturn, and PS1. Because yeah. there's so many other systems that accomplish that goal. And like it's the answer is, in my opinion, like, hey, there are other systems for you kind of thing. You, right. The, the system doesn't have to be for you. But I understand as a PC Engine fan perspective, our console successor wasn't what that console was. Right. Right. And yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, people like what they like, like and they want to have more of what they like. And the PCFX is obviously it's got a super, super specific audience. And because a lot of that audience just simply does not exist in English-speaking spaces, there is always that conversation of, oh, well, what if the PCFX did this? What if it did this? What if it did that? Instead of people trying to meet it where it is and appreciate what it has. Because, you know, it's, yeah. like we talked about, its genres are fundamentally, in this current space, even if things are getting, you know, better at a really good rate, it's fundamentally not what people into retro games want. So they're just going to keep wishing for wishing and imagining what it could have been if it did something different i was just gonna say very specific to the pc engine fandom i feel like too is you know i, I hear like oh and then the pcfx only has one shoot em up on it yeah right? and i've been thinking about the fact that like when the pc engine came out right in the 80s mm -hmm. um shoot em ups could sell a system right yeah. i mean that had like the best arcade port of um our type yeah. that you know possibly you know any any home console had but you know fast forward into the the mid 90s or early 90s you are not going to sell a system on shoot 'em ups right i mean that was that was like shoot 'em ups as a genre like they still exist right but you're not going to lead your new system with shoot 'em ups the it, it would be like the you know the the PlayStation 4 like leading with a shoot 'em up or something, right? You know, right. like that's that's not gonna have those exist on the system, but I mean, you're gonna lead with like big, uh, you know, flashy open world games with like 
create 3D graphics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's just very unrealistic to to think of the PCFX as you know um, a, a system that would have uh, pinned its fortunes on mm-hmm. a library of shoot 'em ups at, at that time. And it's also you know I feel like a lot of Western PCF uh, PC Engine players also forget that. You know, by 92 onward, the PC Engine had a really strong base of text-heavy RPGs and visual novels. Like, you know, you obviously have the Yuna games, there were Gunbuster games, uh, Sazon Eyes got its own mm-hmm. VN. It's actually one of the few games that tries to use the arcade card. You know, there's there's a good amount of visual novels and ADV games and RPGs on the PC Engine. So it, and those were big successful titles. You can look at sales charts and see games like Yuna 2 and Tokimeki Memorial topping the PCFN or the PC Engine sales charts. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I really don't get the impression that outside countries were a priority in working right. with the PCFX. I mean, right. it was rare even at that time for that to be a thing in general mm-hmm. for consoles, but, you know, PC Engine is a system that succeeded there, right? I don't get mm-hmm. the impression Turbo Graphics did. I think it did as well as it could have here kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the market it was in. So, um, so all you PC Engine fans, you're just terrible people. No. <laughs> I always feel bad because I feel like I, I give PC Engine fans such a hard time. It's just I think there is just like a mis- disconnect. Yeah. There with no, that. I um, I love PC Engine fans. You know, it, it, it it's my it's my favorite 16-bit console. I love my Super Famicom. I love my Mega Drive. PC Engine's always a system I'm going to go back to, fire up, hook up to my CRT, and just play a round of Soldier Blade or some yeah. other game. You know, it, it, it's one of I think it's one of the best consoles ever made. I have no disrespect for its PC Engine fans at all. I get I get why people are upset with the PCFX and that wish it could have been something different, but I'm also a huge ADV game and arrow game nerd, and from that perspective, I think the PCFX is super fascinating. I think that's a good note to end on. PCFX is super fascinating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's perfect. We're all on the same page. Yeah. I will say Soldier Blade is literally the only shooter I've ever played. And the only PC Engine you've ever played in my life. So. Damn, you kind of ruined You're... it for yourself. It's one of the best <laughs> yeah. games on the system. One of the best shooters. Yeah, I, I played it on Virtual Console. I don't know what possessed me. It happened, though. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's it for this week. Again, thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll see. I seem to keep making PCFX podcasts randomly, so we'll see. Maybe in the future there will be more. Um, <laughs> Maybe at that point I'll cover more PCFX stuff. Who knows? Yeah. So, so yeah. Noelle, yes. what's going on? Where, where can people find you? I know your YouTube name is different than your, your, your yes. name that I've called you. So <laughs> Yeah. So uh, if you want to find me on Twitter and see me retweet a bunch of anime artwork and talk about games you probably can't understand because Japanese is hard, um, I'm at SpeedyNoel on Twitter. If you want to watch my YouTube videos where you can watch me spend upwards of an hour talking about old visual novels, uh, you can find me there as Emily Duray. I... I you can find me probably easiest by just searching Pia Carrot video review and I might be the top result. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be something that happens Hopefully. a lot for people. And there'll yeah. be links as well for the video version yes. too and everything. So. <laughs> um, and then uh, it, it, is, is PCFX, you know, probably going to be a big presence in the future, you think, for you? Or, or do you I think, think you so. might extend out to maybe doing more PC98 stuff? I think it's going to be, uh, right now I'm really going to focus on PC-98 and a lot of older Aerogay because, you know, it's it's more gotcha. easily readable because I can use text hooks. It's yeah. 
yeah, because a lot of the time Japanese grammar isn't a trouble for me. It's sometimes words or I don't know kanji readings or stuff like that. But given, uh, give me a year or two, year and a half, maybe, you know, somewhere in between the span of one to two <laughs> years, I feel like PCFX content's really going to start cropping up more and more on my channel. And, you know, in that time, I'm going to try and regularly test myself because I do want, you know, I want more PCFX content in 2023. I want to take a look at other Angelique games. I want to take a look at stuff like Power Dolls FX if I can squeeze it into a, a video that isn't that isn't specifically about it. There's a lot of really interesting stuff that I feel absolutely deserves full contextual coverage. Pro tip, do not use the mouse for Power Dolls FX. That is a terrible mouse game. So the good news is I don't have the mouse. I don't have the money for the mouse. So problem solved. I I lucked out. I got it for free because I ordered it and it wasn't working. And then they just refunded me and I don't send it back. And then Filler looked at it for me and fixed it. So thank you again, Filler. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> um, filler. So you have the Oh My Goddess uh, coming up here. I don't know when that's happening. What is, what is a, I know it's difficult to ever date something like that. But like, what's a reasonable time frame? Like a year, maybe more? Or? I, I would not even venture right. to make a guess. <laughs> I, you know, so suffice to say, like the the hacking work, I really think I think I was trying to think of Elmer. I think Elmer actually put a variable width font into that. I could be wrong. I maybe I'm thinking of Team Innocent, but um, like last I knew, pretty much the script was insertable as long as it was translated. So like, there's this vague chance that like literally that project could be public in like three months. And then there's also probably just as good a chance that it's never going to, yeah. you know, be available to anyone. So, um, so who knows, but like, so, you know, rest mm -hmm. assured that I'm going to keep working on, on the script here. Uh, and hopefully get that finished up pretty soon. And you also have your YouTube channel. Um, I think you're largely doing pickup videos for that route now, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you know, vlogs and things like that. Um, it's just, it's hard for me to get up the motivation uh, to to do videos. Um, I, I think it's really just like, a, I don't know, I'm just old and I'm like, yeah. I have other things that I'm like <laughs> focusing on, right? But I do, I do feel like I'm uniquely positioned to like talk about some things so you know i do i do like to try to like put either my thoughts or or sort of like i don't know my shopping lists up there or whatever whatever it is that i think is you know might actually contribute something so yeah play on go on youtube um and you know honestly if you're interested in my fan translation stuff uh, i would i would take a look at my website projects uh dot mm -hmm. uh or just you know keep an eye on romhacking.net you'll, you'll see that stuff there did did you ever follow up on the like um, self-sufficient stuff? I know you made like one post about it. Okay, food security. Yeah, I haven't made a follow-up video, mm -hmm. um, but I've been thinking that I might because I literally I just put in um, two two blueberry bushes, mm -hmm. uh, that other hardy kiwi. Um, I did a little bit of maple sugaring this this past winter. Uh, I got my um, evaporator like boiler all set up uh to, to do that and stuff like that so you know it's mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons i didn't really mention my twitter is like i, I tend to doom post a lot on that because i'm a little <laughs> i will say like you're less thing, things are you, you you post sad politics but you're significantly <laughs> less doom posty than a lot of people i know so you're not bad you're not bad at all 
Okay. All right. I guess, I guess that's, that's good. That's good to hear. But you know, I am like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to like yeah. become a little more self-sufficient, yeah. which it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. It's, it really is. I mean, literally I was, I'm like, this is the stuff like our grandparents mm-hmm. used to do. I feel like it's really just my parents' generation that kind of, you know, seemed to just sort of get away from that and sort of throw it all out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, that's good. That's coming along. Well, I'll, I'll probably do an update. I do. I do appreciate those posts though. Cause a lot of times I don't know much yeah. about it. So it's interesting to see like your perspective on it and everything. Yeah. So sure. So, yeah. yeah. All right. And then as for me, my name is Benjamin Yoder. <laughs> You're listening to this because you know me. Um, so uh, yeah, I go through phases where I do PCFX content and then it seems to disappear. Usually that is because I kill myself making one piece and then I get distracted by other things. Um, so I am currently working on multiple PCFX things right now. Um, but to follow up on the discussions that we had uh, last week, I do have an English guide for UniFX coming up. Um, for this one, I did try to add a little more extra opinion in there on the game's quality and like also the value of the game. Uh, a lot of that, I think, is, is, is as we've discussed a bit in the last podcast. Um, and then I have some other stuff in the works. When it's going to happen is another thing, but it it is actively being put together. Yes. There's like eight things being put together between PCFX Wii, GameCube, and all this other garbage that I need to focus. That's one thing I super respect about your channel, Noelle, is like, you are focused. I really respect (laughs) that. I am not focused. (laughs) Um, But I just just like so many different things. I like games for girls and stuff like that. And like, everyone has the different things, but you can actually like say, this doesn't belong here. I'm like, no, Happy Dance Collection on the same (laughs) channel as Team Innocent two things they gotta go together you know what i admire it i absolutely (laughs) admire it i love sticking to one subject i admire that your channel is just whatever you're interested in doing a video on yes maybe not a good thing to to make a business around but i'm not really trying so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Whenever I randomly like put on one of your, you know, podcasts or something, I, I'm always interested. Whatever you talk yeah. about is always interesting, whether it's something like I feel like I'd be interested in. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so I'll continue to have PCFX stuff, you know, if not in the near future, I'm sure it will show up on the channel at some point. Um, so if you follow along, you can do that. But um, definitely check out Noel. Definitely check out Playongo or uh, uh, Filler's YouTube channel as well. And, uh, and support the PCFX community. Come join us. Talk on the internet yeah. about it. I'd appreciate that. We like we like you if you're a PCFX yeah, fan. Yeah, you're, so. you're one of the dozen that exists, so your company is much appreciated. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, take care.